0: Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Tuesday, July 2nd. In today's news, Hong Kong police use force to clear protesters from their legislative building. The DHS inspector general will investigate racist and sexist posts on a private Facebook group for Border Patrol agents. And the top five staffers on John Hickenlooper's campaign are out In the first big shakeup of the 2020 race. But first, the big idea. President Trump has asked the Pentagon to marshal a broadening array of military hardware, including tanks and fighter jets, to showcase his planned Fourth of July address to the nation. Trump, who had already ordered up a flyover by military aircraft, including Air Force One and the Navy's Blue Angels, has pressed to expand his event further with an F-35 stealth fighter and the involvement of the Marine Helicopter Squadron One, which flies the presidential helicopter. He's also pushing to bring military tanks to the site of his planned speech at the Lincoln Memorial, prompting National Park Service officials to warn him that such a deployment could cause severe damage. Engineers this week are examining the site to determine if the weight of stationing armored vehicles there will affect the structural stability of the underground room right beneath the Lincoln Memorial. Trump confirmed our reporting last night, talking to reporters in the Oval Office, and said he's ordered tanks to be stationed at the Lincoln Memorial. Abrams tanks, which Trump repeatedly referred to as the Abram tank while speaking to reporters, weigh far more than 60 tons. They're usually transported over long distances by heavy rail. Trump also said last night that he's especially excited because they're going to have what he called the brand new Sherman tanks. In fact, Sherman tanks haven't been used by the U.S. military since the 1950s. But because they're way lighter than the Abrams tanks, the Shermans might actually cause less damage to the National Mall. The D.C. City Council, in a unanimous resolution, reiterated its opposition to this event. They say that tanks should not be driven on the city's streets, Tweeting, quote, We have said it before and we'll say it again. Tanks, but no tanks. The use of such massive military hardware for Thursday's event has also sparked sharp criticism from advocates for the Park Service, which noted that the agency already faces a maintenance backlog of more than $11 billion. The Defense Department hasn't released estimates of how much the celebration could cost the Pentagon, but the use of numerous aircraft could drive it well into the millions of dollars when counting fuel and maintenance. The F-35 costs about $30,000 per hour to fly, according to Pentagon estimates. Each Blue Angel jet costs at least $10,000 per hour to operate, and the cost of flying Air Force One is more than $140,000 an hour. Because this is a Trump event, naturally, there are signs it will be both chaotic and disorganized. White House officials plan to give out tickets for attendees to sit in a VIP section and to watch Trump's speech, but they didn't develop a distribution system before most of the staff left for Asia last week, according to two senior administration officials. White House officials are also still working on other key crowd management details, such as how to get attendees through magnetometers in an orderly fashion. Ethics watchdogs are alarmed because the Republican National Committee somehow got a huge stash of the VIP tickets to the taxpayer-funded event, and they're handing them out to major GOP donors. Traditionally, major gatherings on the mall like this one, or an inauguration, have featured a designated event producer. But in this case, the producer is literally the president himself. Two major fireworks firms have donated a pyrotechnic show valued at $750,000, but the Park Service will have to pay employees overtime to clean up the remnants of that display. On the direct orders of the president, the fireworks display, where they're being shot off from, has been moved to a new location this year in West Potomac Park. There is some speculation that Trump did this in order to give people at the Trump Hotel a slightly better view. This whole thing will cause other inconveniences for D.C. denizens. All air traffic to and from Reagan National Airport, for example, will be halted for three hours on Thursday. Historically, on July 4th, the ground stop has lasted only about 30 minutes. Don Beyer, a Democratic congressman from Northern Virginia who represents Alexandria, says the administration is ignoring the views of local residents. He said he doesn't believe any of his constituents want to damage local infrastructure and dump huge piles of taxpayer money onto what he calls the never-ending bonfire of Donald Trump's vanity. Now, to troll Trump, a group of veterans plans to hand out 5,000 t-shirts bearing the name and insignia of the USS John S. McCain during the event. The shirts feature an image of the Navy destroyer named after three generations of John S. McCains, including the late Arizona Senator They're being made by Rags of Honor, a company that employs homeless veterans. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, Hong Kong police used force to clear thousands of protesters in and around Hong Kong's legislative building overnight after some broke in and occupied it yesterday. The escalation has brought Hong Kong into unprecedented and uncertain territory, This represents the biggest test yet of Beijing's grip over the global financial hub and the status under which it operates. On Tuesday morning local time, Hong Kong streets were reopened, the rush hour traffic flowing through like any other day. The demonstrators occupying the complex wrote a declaration that included a call for overthrowing what they called the puppet government, and they vowed to stay... But then just after midnight on Tuesday, police equipped with riot shields, tear gas, and projectiles began forcibly removing protesters from streets surrounding the complex, sending them fleeing. Officers then retook the legislative building, stopping and frisking those who remained nearby. Number two, congressional Democrats condemned postings made in a secret Facebook group for U.S. Border Patrol agents and alumni that targeted migrants and some prominent lawmakers with racist and sexist attacks, The post sparked special outrage among a delegation of about a dozen House members who had just started a tour of federal immigration facilities in southwest Texas when ProPublica published its story. Some of the Facebook posts discussed included throwing burritos at the visiting lawmakers, while others joked in profane language about the deaths of migrants, including that dad and daughter who died last week trying to swim across the Rio Grande. Another post included a vulgar illustration of Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez being forced to engage in a sexual act by Trump. The Border Patrol chief describes these posts as completely inappropriate. And a separate statement from Customs and Border Protection, the patrol parent agency said the inspector general to the Department of Homeland Security will conduct an independent investigation. And this morning, the union for the majority of Border Patrol agents says that this is the work of a few bad apples and that most of the agents are good people. Number three, the five most senior staffers are leaving Colorado Governor John Hickenlooper's campaign, including the manager, the national finance director, the communications director, the digital director, and the New Hampshire political director. M.E. Smith, who managed the re-election campaign last year, Bob Casey, the Democratic senator from Pennsylvania, will take over This comes on the heels of Hickenlooper's lukewarm performance in last Thursday night's debate in which he was forced to stand between two first-time Gadfly candidates, Marianne Williamson and Andrew Yang. Hickenlooper was a successful two-term governor of a purple state. Right now, it looks like he might not qualify for the second debate next month. He's far behind in getting the 130,000 donors that he needs to get on stage. Most tellingly, the shakeup is coming the night after the close of the second fundraising quarter. The fact that Hickenlooper's finance director is among those on their way out suggests that Hickenlooper is not going to post a great number. He is going, the finance director that is, to work for Beto O'Rourke in El Paso. That's not exactly a thriving campaign either, which shows you how dire Hickenlooper's straits appear to be. And I'm told that Hickenlooper's deputy finance director may leave the campaign later today as well. Now other campaigns are feeling pressure to qualify for the next debates, and that could lead to forthcoming shakeups. Indeed, there are scenarios in which more than half of the current Democratic field don't qualify for some of the debates in the fall. Not necessarily the August debate, but the October debate will be especially hard to get into. And that's The Daily 202 for Tuesday, July 2nd. Thanks for listening. I'm James Hellman. I'll talk to you tomorrow.